Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Turn in your Bibles, if, if you have them, to Matthew chapter 5. I don't remember the last time I said that. It's probably been years. Turn in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 5. If you don't have your Bible with you, well, we have it on the screens. Matthew chapter 5. Um, this is the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus gets into what's called the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes begin with verse 3, and they are, Blessed are the, blessed are the, blessed are the. You're familiar with those. What does Beatitude mean? Technically, the word Beatitude means supreme blessedness. Very blessed. <laughs> okay? You're very blessed in, in these, these circumstances. It's interesting because God's hand is on you. Okay, so this is the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to get into the Beatitudes. Most of this will be the Beatitudes, but there's some other verses in there as well. So let's just pray again, if you don't mind. Let's just ask the Lord to teach us something tonight from His Word and through His Word. Lord, give me wisdom to speak Your Word. Give us wisdom, God, all over this place. God, even for questions, even for understanding. God, just show us something new. Let it be a, a tailor-made, a customized word for each of us. We thank you tonight, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Matthew 5, verse 1. Check this out. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. Um, I had the distinct privilege in October of 2017, two years ago, last-minute thing, a tough situation because my mom's health was failing, and my dad couldn't make the trip. So um, <laughs> basically the morning before the international trip to Israel, dad tells me, you're going to have to go. I had mixed emotions because I was like, dang, dad's going to have to stay. He's always wanted to go to Israel. But my wife was going on the trip, so hey, God worked something miraculous out, and I got to go. Um, not in the best of circumstances, like I say, but how many of you know Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. I remember, I still remember where I was on the road. We were leaving mom and dad's house. We said bye to them that Sunday. And Barry told me over the phone, man, you go in peace. You enjoy yourself. Because I was still kind of struggling within myself about it. And that was just a good word for me. But so our first day there, and it takes a while to get to Israel, our first day there, they tell us, we're going to go on a tour today, and it's around the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> you remember this, right? Make it's unforgettable. Said, we're going to go where Jesus had the Sermon on the Mount. And I was like, oh, man. And Jen goes, do you want to read something? Do you want to? And I go, yeah, let's read. Or no, no, I remember. My wife goes, do you want to say something or read a few scriptures? And I don't know which one of, it sa uh, which one of us said it, but I said, wait. God in the flesh came down, and he had his own sermon on the mount, and we have it written, so why don't I read some of the Beatitudes? And man, I could hardly get through them. I was crying. It was powerful. We could feel God's anointing. It was touching, and I read them in English and Spanish. And so th these are the Beatitudes, all right? So you'll notice in verse 1 that Jesus captured every moment. It says, one day as he saw the crowds gathering... He sees the crowds are gathering, so he goes, I'm going to give them a word, man. So Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. What was that like? 
So he goes, I'm going to seize every moment here. Here we are. Crowds are already coming. They want free food, right? Who knows? They want to get healed, but he's going to give them a word. And some come, they came to hear him as well. So he says, I'm going to take advantage of this moment. So the Beatitudes, once again, the technical definition of the Beatitudes is supreme blessedness. Very, very, very blessed. All right. So verse 3, Matthew 5, verse 3. God blesses those. I don't like this translation of this verse. I don't know why they did it this way, and I'll explain more. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, that verse works because you say, well, if someone's physically poor or financially poor, God's going to bless them because, you know, they, they realize their need for him. Well, the Greek says, and I don't know why the translators of the New Living Translation didn't just put what the Greek said. The Greek actually says, um, poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. What does it mean when you're poor in spirit? Well, let's elaborate on that. Poor in spirit, you basically say, I would, I would imagine part of you being poor in spirit is being humble. But then you say, I need God. I'm not satisfied without Him. I'm lacking something. That's the key word today that I felt when I was studying this and I've been thinking about this, going over it in my mind and praying over it. You're lacking. You know that you lack something if you don't have God. You know you're lacking something. That's why you're here on a Wednesday night, right? That's why you accepted Jesus many years ago, some of you more recently, some of you longer ago. You said, man, I need something from God. I lack. I don't, man, I, some of you could say, man, I went through money. I tried this. I tried drugs. I tried that. I tried relationships. I tried moving. I tried, I've tried it. I've traveled. Man, but I realize I need him. So God blesses those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Wow, that's powerful. Why? Because they're humbly saying, I need God, I'm lacking something. I need God, I'm lacking something. I can't do it all by myself. I can't do it all in my own strength. Uh, I was talking to a guy um, yesterday. Last night was Bible study night. And I was talking to one of the gentlemen and he, he had told me how he, he had tried to do things in his own strength, this young guy. And he's starting to realize God's doing something in his life and his heart because he says, man, I know I, I know I need God in these areas. I've tried, I've worried, I've thought, what do I lack? And, and then we talked, we went back to one of our favorites, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put him first. He'll take care of those things. Because, man, there's, there's times you get that no matter how smart you are, no matter how able you are, no matter how gifted and talented you are, you get to a place and you go, I can't do this on my own anymore. I can't figure this out education man experience ability whatever you go i can't do this so blessed are those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs any questions i know that's a little different for wednesday night and our group kind of swelled tonight a little bit so praise god good to have all of you here but if you have a question raise your hand really raise your hand we'll, we'll get to it verse four this still touches me, man, because um, I believe I'm still grieving the loss of my mom. I'm doing great. But, man, sometimes it feels I'll have passing moments, and I, it feels so overwhelming. Hard to explain. I've never experienced anything like this. It's like 
there's so m- moments where I miss mom so much and I can't believe she's not here where I think, am I ever going to get over this? And it may just be seconds. It feels so overwhelming. But I just begin to praise God and thank him because look, look at verse four. God blesses those who mourn. Hmm. For they will be comforted. Praise God. I don't know if there's anybody in here mourning. You're sad. You're grieving the loss of a job, a relationship, something, something. I don't know. But God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Isn't that good news? Because, man, in the moment, you've all lost something in here before. You lost someone or something, a part of your life, something you wanted back, and you've mourned it. And I know in those moments, have you ever been in a moment and you say, man, this, is it always going to be like this? Is it always going to feel like this? Am I ever going to get through this? Yeah. You, sometimes you feel like you're walking through wet concrete. Has anybody ever fin- done some concrete work? I know that, I know William does concrete work. You ever stepped in wet concrete? Or you p- had to pull it, you know, because you're surfacing it? I, I've worked with some concrete w- with that building, and it was a lot of work, man. I remember summer of 1999, we're out there in the heat pulling that concrete and helping, and I'm pro- I was probably one of the most unskilled laborers out there, but I was a laborer. And I was working, I said, all right, there you go, you can do it, come on. So, man, wet concrete, that's the best illustration I can think of right now. When you're getting through something and you're like, man, it, it's like walking through glue or it, those moments, you know, you're going you're gonna to get through. God blesses those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. What does comfort mean to you? Comfort. What, what, is, what, what does that mean to you, that part of that verse? That God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. What do you think of? Oh, this is good. There's always good answers in here when I ask questions. Peace? Peace. Taken care of. Good answer. You ever been going through it, man, and you're okay with physical touch? Because some people aren't as okay with physical (laughs) touch. You violate a boundary sometimes. You go go to hug someone like, I don't want to be hugged, right? But man, those of you that are okay with physical touch, or you're just so down on something and, and someone just, they hold on to you and say, man, I got you. I've been told that before. I got you. It's going to be it's gonna be all right. It doesn't feel like it's going to be all right. Are you sure? Right? <laughs> I've told people that before. Hey, it's going to be all right. And they've looked at me. It's happened more than once. said, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, God, God's not a man that he should lie. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the last page of the book, and we win. Praise God. We're going to go to heaven, and God's going to rule, and he's going to take care of everything. He's going to make a new heaven, a new earth. So, yeah, it's going to be all right. It may not be for the next few days or weeks or months. I don't know. But this, you're going to get through this. Peace, security, comfort, <laughs> rest. Yeah. God, when God gives you rest, you say, man, I don't have to worry about anything. That's a nice feeling, isn't it? Okay, y'all ever been in the place where you felt like you were worried about everything? Have you ever had those times? It's like one worry sets off others. That's terrible. Man, I'm, I'm stressed. And it's really not everything, but it feels like everything. You ever said, man, I'm overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. There's too much. I got to pay that. How does that? And they're coming, man, and that, those relatives are showing up. Man, I can't even handle them. I can't with them. And they're coming, and then this is, we're, the house is dirty. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying life happens. You feel overwhelmed, but peace. Jesus promised the peace that passes understanding. The peace the world cannot give. That's what he gives, all right? Praise God. 
Number f- uh, verse 5. I was going to say number 5, but no, not actually. Num- uh, verse 5. I like this one. And I like the King James and the New King James. It said, blessed are those. This says God blesses those who are humble. What are some attrib- attributes of humility, do you think? What are some characteristics and attributes of just being humble? Huh, you stole a page out of my book. Being teachable. Have I always been teachable? No. I, I've gone through seasons in life. I've told you all this before. I remember, you know, when you're young, real young, and you're a kid, and you think your parents are just the smartest in the world, they know everything, and all of a sudden you turn 18, and then they're dumb. But they're the same people, and they've actually learned more since you thought they were smart and you thought they were dumb. And then I remember I got into my 20s or, or early 20s or late teens, and they were starting to get smart again. And then, the, they, then I went through stages where I thought, no, they don't. mom and dad are old-fashioned. They don't know everything. Well, being teachable is a huge, huge sign of humility. I, I don't know about this guy's spiritual life, but there's a meme that's, go, that's gone around. Someone sent it to me recently. It's Matthew McConaughey, the actor. I can't, I don't know that he's saved or anything. He's probably a secular dude. He's been a successful actor. I don't know much about his life. He's pretty entertaining in some of his movies. He's a likable character. But he said, if someone corrects you and you get angry, you have an ego problem. This is coming from an actor. He's not a preacher. If someone corrects you and you get angry, you have an ego problem. Wow. Ego problem means a pride problem, right? God blesses those who are humble. What else does humility mean to you? Humble. Anybody else? We had teachable, correctable, um, flexible. I think so. I think humility plays a part in flexibility. When you're just super rigid and say, no, we just can't change that. They're not, what do you mean the lights aren't here on time? Okay, cancel the order. Just cancel it. It's over. They're going to they're gonna be a day late. Just forget it. We'll get, we'll get it. Now, there's times for that, right? Cancel the carpet. Just forget it. We'll just go without forever. Just we'll save the money. Forget it. They couldn't be. No, you got to be flexible. That requires humility. What else? Huh. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. I, I didn't mean to do that. I really didn't mean to do that. I'm wrong. I did that I did that last week in a very unique situation. A very unique situation. I was talking to someone about a totally unrelated issue, and one of my old weaknesses came up, and I said, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I know, I know that's there. I know that's there. Uh-huh. And God's working with me on that, and so is my my senior pastor, my dad, my wife knows. And it's like, it's not an immoral issue. It's just a weakness I have as a leader. It's not a, not, nothing to deal with immorality or sin. It's just, it's an area of weakness, yeah. We've got to be able to admit, yeah. Because I've talked to people lately. It's funny that you bring that up. It's like they don't even know their own personality or their own strengths and weaknesses. I've, I've seen people like that. They'll tell you something about themselves, and I'm going, I don't think you're really that way. <laughs> I've never seen that. It, it doesn't seem to be true. Yeah, when you're able to admit, yeah, I don't do it the best. Or I don't do it. I need, I need work in this area. Anything else for humble? Anything else? This is a powerful verse. God blesses those who are humble. Wow, look at the promise for you and me. For they will inherit the whole earth. 
Scripture says we will rule and reign with him for eternity. Wow. You're going to reign and rule with Jesus. That's what Scripture says. Look into that. Verse 6. Once again, interesting translation. Um, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, comma, this is a good verse, for they will be satisfied. It's translated as righteousness in other versions. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. You remember the the parable that Je- the story that Jesus told of the wi- the widow who kept going to the judge and he was an unrighteous judge he said give me justice give me justice give me give me the right decision give me come on come on come on and the and the judge says i don't care about people and i don't fear god but this lady's driving me crazy so i'm going to just give her the verdict that she wants i'm going to give her justice so she'll shut up and leave me alone so interesting verse god blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice Some translations say righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Hmm. That's powerful. You're hungering for right standing with God, you will be satisfied. That's powerful because I believe right standing with God brings satisfaction. You know you're right with God? Wow, it's all taken care of, isn't it? Praise God. Verse 7. This is so needful. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Speaking of my mom, I remember a few times in my life she told me, babe, be merciful. Have mercy on that person. I know they were wrong or whatever. And that, that being merciful is, is forgiving, really. It's a different shade of forgiveness. But God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Do you need to be shown mercy? Do you need to be forgiven sometimes? I do. I, I remember um, I was dealing with I had some partners, and we were selling a house on contract. And to a fault, I was very merciful with them, and they'd run late and different stuff. And I had to have, we were talking about boundaries before the service tonight. I had to have some boundaries with them. We got it all straightened out. And because I had partners in this house deal, it was years ago, and uh, about 13 years ago. And I was merciful with them, but I felt like they were taking advantage of me after a while. Because they just knew, man, because it's hard, it's, hard it's hard to be a pastor or just a godly person and, and have to kick somebody out of their house. Let me just tell you right now. I mean, hey, they broke the contract. Is it right? Is it moral? Okay, you know. But it just got to the place where they were taking advantage, and I had to have a boundary. But I do believe that in sowing sowing that, being merciful, man, God's been merciful with me in so many areas Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, I haven't always been merciful about stuff. I haven't. There's been stuff I've jumped to conclusions. I've been angry. I I didn't want to give them any grace. It's funny. It's funny sometimes. In my life, what I've done, and I think this is part of the human condition. Folks do this in politics. They do this in lots of areas. It's like they accuse others of what they're doing sometimes. I've done that. I've told, I've said this about, I've said, man, they are being mean. They're doing this or that. Now, not every time, but there's been times. Hmm, was I being nice? Was I being kind? Was I walking in the fruit of the Spirit? I don't know if that's a modern political tactic to just accuse others of exactly what they're doing, but 
Sometimes we as believers do that. Say, man, they're not, they're not, they're not. Well, I don't know. Let's, let's be merciful, all right? God blesses those who are merciful, but they will be shown mercy. That's, that's wonderful. Verse 8, God blesses those whose, look at this, whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. This is Matthew 5, 8. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. What does pure mean to you? Pure. Clean. That's a good answer. You said it quiet, then you said it quiet again. Okay, you can move it. Clean. Good answer. Very good. God bless those whose hearts are pure. Clean. Mm. What's that? Yeah, there's a goodness, there's a goodness to purity. Mm-hmm. What else? I would say holy, set apart. Mm-hmm. How about innocent? A pure heart, I don't think a, you know how, maybe you've been there before, and I know, I know I have, where you jump to a conclusion and you, you go negative right off. Have you ever done that? Well, that's probably because, and we don't even know if that's the truth. Oh, well, they're just, oh, man. We're, or you ever been in a texting conversation? I don't know what it is about texts. If there's anything that's not, I mean, if it's just slightly not positive or it's just, man, texting conversations can be misconstrued because you don't see their expressions. You don't see how they're saying it. I think that little emoticons are pretty helpful now. You put a smiley face or you're crying or it just kind of helps with emotion. <laughs> But I believe, Scripture says to the pure, all things are pure. Now, does that mean that you go to a dirty movie and you go, this is just pure? No. No, be careful. I've heard people get these verses, and, and I've seen them, and they twist them like a Rubik's Cube and twist them like Play-Doh. No. To the pure, all things are pure, it means, I believe it means you're easy to deal with. It, it means that you give people the benefit of the doubt. I believe it ties into being merciful. It ties into you going, well, I didn't see dirty in that. I, I didn't. Okay. Now, once again, it doesn't mean listening to filthy music that's degrading women or talking in dirty language and dirty movies and stuff and horrific movies. No, I don't mean that. But it's looking for the best in things and people. I believe that's what a pure heart is, too. Any, any, anybody else want to add to that? Pure. What does pure, a pure heart mean to you? Anybody else? Genuine and sincere. I, you know what? I think genuine, being genuine ties into a pure heart. Um, when people are disingenuous, that's the opposite of genuine. Uh, you're like, what are you hiding? Why are you being fake, right? Why, why are you being fake? Humility. I agree. I think humility ties into everything good that God wants to give you, honestly. Well said. I agree. You say... You bump into people and go, a sinner? How am I a sinner? Well, if you don't, man, if you didn't believe you were a sinner before Jesus, then you don't need a Savior, do you? That's a problem. God blesses those who heart, whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Verse 9. One translation says, blessed are the peacemakers. This translation says, God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called the children of God. You can do that at work too, huh? When people are at odds, say, hey man, he didn't mean that. You know, sometimes you have to intervene, right? What he meant was, once she meant, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called 
the children of God. Yeah, we talked about how peace is so important. You want to bring peace to wherever you are. You ever been in a work environment and there's no peace? Maybe you couldn't last there because it was miserable. There's just no peace there. Well, those who work for peace, they'll be called the children of God. Verse 10, God blesses those who are, wow, this is wonderful. God blesses those who are persecuted or treated bad for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. If you get laughed at because you're a believer, rejoice. Scripture explains Scripture. Look at verse 11. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Now, if they're saying truthful things about you, you might need to repent if they're crazy things, okay? I'm going around lying or something, lying to everybody, and then they go, man, Matt's a liar, and then I'm all glory to God. I'm getting persecuted. I believe one of the, one of the epistles of Peter, he mentions that. You don't want to be perse- treated bad because you're acting bad. Well, that just happens sometimes, right? But you're being righteous and living right. <laughs> you're getting talked about because you're doing the right thing. You're, you're doing good. Well, praise God. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Verse 12, be happy about it. That's a modern translation. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted or treated bad in the same way. Wow, you're, you're among great, great company if you're treated bad for doing good. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. How many of y'all like salt? Okay. How many of you sit down to eat your food, and before tasting it, you salt it? What is wrong with y'all? I love y'all, but why do y'all do that? That makes me nervous. I'm always like, oh, they're ruining it. Oh, my gosh, what do we do? They're ruining it. But it's usually not ruined for you, huh? Because you're what the Hispanics call saleros. You like salt on your stuff. I I think Jen does that. I'm like, oh. So she's careful not to salt mine too much because I'm like, man, don't. it's too salty. But you like salt. You're the salt of the earth. What good is salt if it has lost its flavor? You'll throw it away, right? The salt doesn't work anymore. Trash. It doesn't help. But I will say salt, if applied correctly, it can really make good stuff even better, huh? I like sweet potatoes. But if you salt them and butter them just right, now I've figured out that if you add pepper, they're even better. But you do salt and butter, man, they're good. Something about the salt brings out the sweet in the sweet potato. Salt brings flavor to the surface. Salt also preserves. Did you know that? Yeah. That's why that bacon you have, you can last a long time. That stuff's salty, isn't it? And it's salty. Beef jerky, usually pretty salty, huh? Hi, I'd like the salt-free beef jerky. Mm. No, it's part of why it's beef jerky. It's salted. That's high in sodium. Yeah, it's beef jerky. So, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? No, it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Wow. So you're salt, and then verse 14 says you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Jesus living in you, shining through you, 
That's the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, right? Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Lights are important. There's been times where I left earlier in the day and my wife left earlier in the day and then she gets home and I'm not there and the house is dark. and just got two dogs in the house, like two caged lions in there, and it's dark. She's like, please leave a light on. And I'm like, I thought you'd be home before sunset. I'm sorry, I didn't think about that. But as the sun goes down... There's more and more need for a light, huh? In a dark world, man, you are so needed. Your walk with God is so needed. You be a light. Leave a light on. Didn't they used to say that for Motel 6? We'll leave a light on for you. I remember McGruff in the 80s, he said, light a light to stop a crook. Take a bite out of crime. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all are old enough to remember that. Some of y'all don't know. Take a bite out of crime. McGruff, the crime dog. Yeah. Now you remember. That's powerful. Light changes everything. It does. It does, man. In the dark, that person looks like a demon. You turn the light on, you're like, oh, yo, you're pretty good looking. In the dark, you're like imagining wings and hoofs and teeth. Oh, it's scary. I remember one time we, uh, we were, it was years ago, and we stopped watching it because it just, we kind of just lost our peace over it. Is the show still out, Once Upon a Time? Do they still do that show? It was ABC, I think. It was Disney. Do you remember Once Upon a Time? And it was all fairy tales and just modern American version of fairy tales. Well, <laughs> this was years ago. It was probably 2011, 2012, and we've long since stopped watching it. But one of the, one of the shows was about, a, I guess, a guy who turned it. was about the Little Red Riding Hood story. And the guy, though, was a werewolf, so it made it kind of scary. <laughs> So I remember one night we laughed because um, our dog was getting bigger at the time. Our first dog was a big golden retriever. And who knows why, but smart dogs will do like kids. And they'll come to you when you're asleep and they want something from you, but they don't say anything or do anything and they just look at you. Have you ever had kids do that? Y'all, they got kids? Because I did that as a kid. You're like, I don't want to get in trouble with waking up mom. So I'll just stand here and look at her, which is really smart. I'm going to stand here and look at her until she wakes up from a dream startled and thinks I'm a demon or something. I don't know how many times mom was like, oh, my gosh. How long have you been? I was like, oh, I didn't want to wake you up. She's like, I'm awake. What? Well, along those lines, we had, we had seen an episode, and I think this was, strangely enough, I think this was the last episode we ever saw, but there was a werewolf in it. And one of those nights... The dog walked up, and he was standing there just staring at Jen while she slept. He's just standing there. And, well, in the dark, he looked like what? A wolf. He's a dog. They're cousins or something. He's just standing there like that, breathing, looking at Jen. She's like, oh, <laughs> in the dark. And we'd watch something about a wolf, so that wasn't good. But the light changes everything, huh? The light brings out the truth. In the dark? You see me? You don't know. You might think, man, he has hair. But the light comes on, and I'm giving off light because my head's shining. And I'm the light of the world, praise God, because Jesus lives in me, but light, my head's shining. So light changes everything. Light changes everything. 
The, this building right here, there were times, I remember back in the day, I'd come here to pray alone, and for some reason it felt scary sometimes. I don't know why, but man, you put a light on, it just changed everything. I remember one time I came in here, this is off the subject, I came in here, I said, Lord, show me Jesus. This is about 18, 19 years ago. I want to see Jesus, man. One night I was here alone, just praying, seeking God. I wasn't married. I was in my early 20s. And, man, I don't know what it was, but I think I got scared to see Jesus, and I left. I was like, God, never mind. I love you. Speak to me in dreams and visions. I'm out. I remember I was over there, and I got scared. I said, God, I want to reveal Jesus to me. I want to see him. And I said, Lord, I can't handle it. I don't know. Maybe I had sin in my life. I'm like, he shows up. I may die. But that was free. I was, it was dark. The music was like piano, and I was like, I'm out of here, man. I'm going to go back to my room. I was scared. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Someone to say, everyone in the house. That's right. What's the next verse there? In the same way, let your good deeds Shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes tonight, if you would, please. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your righteousness. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you because you have spoken to us yet again through your word, Father. Now tonight, Lord, I just plead the blood of Jesus over this group of people, Father, right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, speak to them. Continue to speak to them the rest of this service, God, as it draws to a close. But, God, speak to them when they go home. Right now, in Jesus' name, is there anybody in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I have never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I want to accept him. Because you say, man, if I die tonight, I don't know where I'm going. So if you want to accept Jesus, make him your Lord and Savior. Raise your hand tonight, and I'm going to pray with you. Anybody in this house? Anybody at all, I'll pray with you. All right. So you've all accepted Jesus. Praise God. Now here's what we're going to pray now. Father, continue to reveal to us who Jesus really is. Reveal to us, God, the risen Son of God, God in the flesh. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Wow, that's powerful. He walked this earth. He left us all kind of words to read. He's left an eternal legacy with us, and he promised us his Holy Spirit. So you accept Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is there to convict you and seal you until the day of redemption is what Scripture says. And then you open up yourself and you say, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, and he gives you the, the gift of heavenly tongues. You speak in other tongues. So look at this. God's promises are sure. They are real. They are lasting and permanent. They are forever. And his promises are life-changing. I encourage you, people of God, continue to seek God in his word. Continue to seek God every day, man, every day. I've been pushing into prayer. Wow. I don't remember the last time I've pressed into prayer like I have lately. And it's doing something. Because I'm praying for all this change and revival in this church and God do this and do that. And it's funny, the more I pray and the more I open myself up to it, I find myself praying, God, change me. God, work on me. God, start with me first. I caught myself doing that last week. I said, God, wait, I'm asking you and asking, God, work on me. And that's a dangerous prayer because God starts working on you. Begin to ask God tonight to work on you, though. That's a humble prayer. Blessed are the humble, the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the pure in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? Blessed are the pure in heart, 
Hmm. I may have mixed two of those. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God, reveal yourself to us. Begin to tell the Lord right now. Just tell him, tell him, Lord, start it in me. Start revival in me. I want a personal revival, God. I want to change. Yeah, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God, we want to see you. We want to see you. We want to be merciful so that we'll receive mercy. But God, we want to hunger and thirst after righteousness so that that we'll be satisfied. God, we want to be humble. God, we want to be merciful. We want to have pure hearts. God, we want to work for peace so that we can be called the children of God. And Lord, if we're ever persecuted, let it be persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is ours, God. Just tell the Lord tonight. Tell him again. Say, God, start in me. Do something in me. Change me. You've obviously accepted Jesus. You're a believer. You're a child of God, and you're blessed. But tell God, Lord, take me to the next level now. See, that's a challenging prayer to pray. Say, God, take me to the next level now. I need to go. I can't just be in the same place. I need to move onward and upward with you. I can't just be stuck here in the same place, God. Take me to the next level. Work in me. Change me, God. Do something different in my life and in my heart. In Jesus' name. Just talk to God for a moment, if you would. Just talk to God. Just for a moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name, God. We thank you tonight, Father. Thank you because you're doing something marvelous in our hearts. Thank you, God, because you're doing something new. You said in the Old Testament, Behold, I will do a new thing. You're God who brings things fresh and new. You remain the same, but your methods change. You get to us in different ways. You get to other people in different ways. You know how to, you knew how to reach us, God. Now reach others around us through our testimony. I thank you for the humble hearts in this house tonight, God. I thank you for the people of God that are here, and I thank you for your faithfulness and your word. I thank you for your mercy, your goodness forever, God. We honor you tonight with everything that is within us. We bless your name. We worship you. We honor you, Father, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I pray that God's...